Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Expressions of Patience, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on February 21st, 2016. Into town, and he uh, decided to grab himself a, a bite to eat, so he went into this little uh, all night diner. And he sat down and he placed his order. And as he was sitting there, his order came to him. And uh, these three bikers rolled in. And they kind of came in. And as these bikers came in, they saw him. And they walked over to him. And one of the bikers proceeded to grab his hamburger and take a bite out of it. And so the other biker decides, well, I'm going to grab a handful of French fries and, and take some fries. And he started eating the gentleman's fries. And then the third biker, he decided, well... I'll take the coffee that's left and picks up the gentleman's coffee and, and just drinks it. Well, you would have thought this gentleman would have probably gone off the handle at this point, but he somehow kind of exuded this patience, this, this calmness that uh, was a little confusing for the bikers. And, and he just sat there for a second and he got up, he got his ticket, went to the register and put his money on the counter and told the waitress, thank you for everything and just walked out the door. Well, the waitress was a little boggled by this, and so she watches the gentleman leave as he goes away. And as she's watching him leave the, the, uh, the cafe, the diner, um, she looks over at the bikers, and she proceeds to walk their way towards them to help get them seated and taken care of. And as she approaches the bikers, um, one of the bikers tells her, he wasn't much of a man, was he? And she just kind of looks at him with this funny face, and she says, yeah, that might be so, but I also want you to know he isn't much of a driver either because he just ran over three motorcycles in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, we're, we're going to talk about the fruit of patience. And I think for a lot of us, we, we struggle with patience. And, and even if, if we think we have that one kind of figured out, um, a lot like this truck driver, in our hearts, there's an element of the flesh that kind of comes out even in the moments that we think we're being patient. Um, and so this morning as we, we open up our Bibles, I want you to mark your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to look at a passage here that I, I think Paul uses to help us better understand um, the things that he's doing in the church, what God is doing in the church. See, most of the letters that, that Paul has written to the churches um, have been letters, what people would say, uh, letters of correction. And, and for me, I think they're more like letters of encouragement. They're reminders as the body of Christ, as believers, those who follow Jesus, they're reminders of how we are to live and how we are to live in community. And we see in Galatians that there's a little bit of, of tension going on in Galatians 5. You know, he, he reminds them, he says, you know, don't devour one another with your thoughts and the things that you do and allow the flesh to consume you and take over and cause you to sin in certain ways. And instead, he says, walk by the Spirit, walk by the power of God so that you can bear the fruit, the attributes of a Christian life. And that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about patience, the question that might come up is, how do we express patience? What does that look like for us as people, as humans? 
You know, it's really a, a tough question. It's a tough thing to do. And I think we all struggle with being patient. And even if you don't, if you think you don't struggle with it, this morning as we look at God's word, he may prick your heart a little bit and help you understand that maybe there's some areas in your life that he wants to work on and help you to discover with this attribute, with this, uh, the fruit that we call patience. You know, I found a, a wonderful definition. I think it describes it perfect. It captures the biblical meaning of patience. And it simply says, patience is a calm endurance based on the certainty that God is in control. It's a calm endurance based on the certainty that God is in control. That's really it, isn't it? That's really the the truth of, of the fruit of patience, the attribute of patience. See, this is the reason, this definition is the reason also for impatience. Because we don't want to wait. We don't want to put our trust. You know, that endurance part of it kind of prolongs things in our life. It prolongs the, the aspect of getting somewheres or being somewheres or becoming something. And so we get impatient. So there's a couple of things that I've discovered about impatience or patience in our life. And the first thing is, is that it goes against our nature. See, we're born into this world. We become, you know, we're, we're babies, infants, and right away we're impatient. You know, we get up in the middle of the night and we cry and scream because we want to f- be fed and we want to be fed immediately, right? And then we become adults and nothing really changes, does it? <laughs> you know, it goes against our nature. And the other thing is it's, it's contrary to our culture. You know, we live in a, a microwave society, You know, we all have microwaves and we want our meal right now, right here, within a few minutes. I know this is going to date myself. I don't know if they still have them or not, but back in the day, we had the little um, pot pies, right? You guys know pot pies? You know, they still make them. But back in the day, if you were to get a pot pie from the grocery store and, and want that for lunch, you actually had to start about an hour and a half beforehand to get that thing cooked. And I can remember as a kid, it just loved those things, but I was so anxious for it to be ready, to be able to eat that pot pie. See, that, that's our culture. We, we don't want to wait for those great things, those wonderful things that God has for us. You know, we want to eat our meal right here, right now. See, it's something that we struggle with, I think, as believers, as people. And as a, as a follower of Christ, we have to make a decision daily. We have to decide daily. And the decision that we have to make is, uh, are we going to choose to follow God no matter how long it takes or what's going on in my life or what he's doing at the moment to help teach me and to show me and to guide me? Or are we going to just go our own way and decide, hey, you know what? It's not moving fast enough right now, God. You know, I think I can just handle this situation. I can do this. You haven't really responded to me in my prayers. So I think I'll just go ahead and take this one. How's that? See, the fruit of of patience, the attribute of patience, is something that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, it, and it's in accordance and it's, it's this walk with God and it's trusting God. I truly believe that, that if we are patient, it helps us to understand what it means to trust God. I love what it says in Psalm 130, 
verse 5 and 6. See, it, it helps us to see this correlation between God's promises, the things that he has in his word, and this correlation between patience for a believer. It says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. I want you to underline these next few words. And in his word, I hope. Verse 6 says, My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. See, when we wait on God, it doesn't mean that we are giving up. When we wait on God, it just means that we are trusting in God's promises and in the things that he has for us. We're looking at his word and we are saying, this is where my hope comes from. And in this moment, even though I haven't gotten everything that I want, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to wait like the watchman. I'm going to stand fast knowing that God has something for me on the horizon. See, it's us saying that wherever God has us in this moment, wherever we're at, that we're going to trust him, that his way is better than our way. You know, Paul, he helps us to discover some, some really beautiful things in these letters. You know, when he talks about the unity of the body of believers, he talks about this picture of oneness, this, this love that God has created for us as his children, as his people. And the scriptures point to that unity for us as believers. It points to the, the hope and the future that God has for us. But we have to look at these passages. We have to look at these scriptures, what we call God's word, the Bible, and we have to trust it. And we have to know that this, this is a letter. This is God speaking to you and I to help us live our lives daily and move towards the things that he desires for us. Those attributes, the fruit of the Spirit. Romans 15, 4, in the Living Bible, it says it like this, and I love it. It says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of scriptures, you and I, we may have hope. See, we get our encouragement through God's word. We find our hope in God's word. Well, if, you, if you're tempted right now, I, I, don't know, I don't know where you stand. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you struggle with internally. But if, if you're at that moment where you feel like giving up, I, I want to ask you, be patient. Wait upon the Lord. And I don't just say that in the sense of be patient that, that, that God will, will fix it today or tomorrow. Or I, I'm, I'm challenging you to say be patient in the sense of don't take control where God needs to be in control. Don't take ownership of something that God wants to take ownership of. Wait for him. Trust him. Know that he is faithful in all things. Know that God is with us. Well, if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to read the, the first five verses together this morning. And as I 
as we do this, I, I want you to take it from the foundation that Paul is writing this letter. This is one of his prison epistles, okay? He is writing it from a jail cell. So you just got to kind of picture the jail cell at this moment in this time when Paul is writing this letter. He's offering these encouragements to the church at Ephesus. See, and it's not a comfortable jail cell with a TV and, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner served. You know, it's a very tough moment in the life of this gentleman we call Paul. And he didn't have any idea of when he would be free again or when he would see his brothers and sisters in Christ. And as he writes this letter, he says this. He starts out by saying, he says, I therefore, in verse 1, he says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And in verse 4, he says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. See, God's purpose for you and I, God's plan for you and I, was to be in relationship, to be in community. And it's not just for me. It's not just for me and God, but it's for all believers. See, and he draws us this, this, this picture of this unity. And he's reminding the believers at the church to do some specific things. See, and we can look at this passage and Paul gives us some things that, that, that are, are reminders to us as we walk in the Spirit, as we live for God, as we bear these attributes that God has given each and every believer, everyone, we all have patience. You know, I, I've, I've heard it, people say, you know, I'm not a patient person. And you're probably right, they're not a patient person. But it's not because they can't be a patient person, but it's because they choose not to be a patient person. Because as, as Paul reminds us, it takes some specific character traits, some specific things in our life. It takes humility to be patient. It takes gentleness to be patient. And God has given us all of these attributes, all of these things by the power of His Spirit to do that. But the first thing that we have to do, and it sounds simple, but we have to walk the walk. We have to walk the walk. We can talk a good talk. We can say a lot of great things. We can make ourselves look pretty cool and, you know, use some big churchy words and, and uh, all that good stuff. But if our lives aren't a reflection of that, people will see it. See, that's why Paul says here in the first three verses, he says, I therefore, I like how he references himself. He says, a prisoner of the Lord. Let's chew on that one for a little bit and kind of think about what Paul is saying. He's in prison for Christ's sake. He went to jail because he was proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in all the land and there was no fear in it. And because of that, he is a prisoner for the Lord. And then he says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And he says, do it with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. 
I want you to note a couple of things here. One is Paul reminds us who we belong to. It's a reminder here who we belong to. We belong to Jesus Christ. God created us. We did not create God. So who belongs to who? We belong to Jesus Christ. We are his creation. See, we have been called by Jesus. See, the patience that we express is a patience that comes from God. It's a patience that has been expressed by God to you and I, for you and I. You know, we have a, a Saturday night class, if you guys don't get to, haven't had a chance to check it, it's called Watchmen on the Wall. And it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal little opportunity to talk about the things of God, how it's reflection to our current times and, our, and our, um, what we believe God's word says about end times. And so as we have that dialogue, as, as that conversation goes on, in a lot of our minds, we start thinking about, you know, and many of us as Christians, we pray, Jesus, come quickly. Come now. We're ready. We want you to come. But we have to understand something, that God is patient. That, that even though you and I are ready, there's, there's some people out there that are not. And God is waiting patiently for them. God is saying, you know what? Tommy and Sheila and Gloria and all those others, they're so important to me, I'm going to wait. I'm going to give it a little bit more time. See, God expresses his patience to us and for us. See, the second thing is that, that we should express these attributes, these attributes of patience, these attributes of the Spirit with an eagerness. See, Paul here says, he says, be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He says, be anxious, be excited, be eager to love one another. I just love that. I, don't you think it's the, the greatest feeling ever when, when you're kind of maybe having a tough day or things are kind of not so right in your life and, and all of a sudden there's that happy guy, you know? It's always just happy you know, for whatever reason, and you end up crossing the path, and you're like, oh, great, there's that happy guy. And you try and go the other way, but he doesn't let you. You know, he's not going to let you go the other way. He's going to come up on you, and he's going to hug you and say, hey, it's great to see you. How's it going? All that good stuff. You know, that, that's the kind of eagerness that Paul says that we should have for the bond of peace, the unity of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. When we see each other, we should be excited and eager I just, I think that's the coolest thing. I just love that. See, there's no question that, that our excitement for God will influence others. And when we're excited about Jesus Christ, others will be excited about Jesus Christ. You know, I, I have many great men that, that surround me, that love me, that, that lift me up. They hold me up. And when I say they hold me up, they don't elevate me to a higher position. They hold me up because I am weak. And I am man. I am human. In my humanity, there's men that God has put around me that show me their love. They walk the walk. They live for Jesus. And because of that, I'm a better person today. And I'll be a better person tomorrow because of that. And because they walk the walk. Well, the second thing that we see here is that we are to, to stay connected. 
verses four and five say this. It says, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. See, as we've been learning, the fruit of the Spirit is both a gift and a task. It's a responsibility. When we bear something, we express something. We live it out. And if we're going to live out this fruit, then we have to be connected. Now, one of our, our passages last week was out of John, and he talks about, Jesus talks about being connected to the vine. If we're not connected to the vine, we cannot bear fruit. Now, I'm not a master gardener. My wife will tell you that uh, I struggle keeping my, my plants alive. Yeah. And one year, we have these three big uh, rose bushes. And uh, one year, I decided, well, you know, they're just too big, so I'm going to trim them down. And so I went out there, and I literally, they were like probably that tall, four feet tall, if not taller, and I got them down to about like that much. It was just like a stump. You know, and I've got a neighbor across the way that he's a master gardener, you know, and uh, he came over and he's like, what are you doing? You're going to kill those things. You know, if you're a master gardener, you understand the importance of that connection. You know, you understand that the importance of the pruning process that happens for spiritual growth. But it doesn't happen unless we're connected to the vine. It doesn't happen unless we're connected to each other. Unless we're walking alongside each other as we walk by the Spirit. See, God has created this wonderful picture of unity. See, in this passage, Paul is reminding of us this, of this and he tells us that there is one body, the believers, you and I, those that follow Jesus, there is one body. He says, one Spirit, holy One Lord, Jesus Christ. One faith. That faith is the good news of the gospel. Salvation through faith. Salvation through Jesus Christ. One baptism and one God, our Father. You know, the Bible tells us that that we're not to call anybody else Father. See, God is so holy, so righteous. Again, he created us to live in this community, to be in this oneness, this unity. To be connected to the vine means to live in unity with our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And without it, we can't express this attribute or or any other. If we're going to bear the fruit of the Spirit, we have to be connected to God and connected to each other. I want to ask you, Have you taken that step to connect with God? Have you taken that step to connect with God? Have you you connected with God's people? Are you part of, again, this is going to sound like a pastor promoting the ministries, but have you connected to a small group? Have you connected with other believers? Believers, Are you meeting with someone once or twice a week to talk about Jesus and encourage each other and walk with each other, to lift and hold each other up? Well, if you answered yes to the first question, then 
the answer to the second question is yes. If you answered no to the second question, then I would challenge you to go back to the first question and kind of take a look at that and re-examine what God's word says about being a part of his community, about being connected with him. So you, you can't be in fellowship with God if you don't love God's people. Do you trust that? See, God gives us all that we need to help us in this bond of peace. We're called to live by the Spirit, and when we do, we will live in unity, connected to God and to each other. See, Paul gets that that living in unity doesn't always happen. You know, emotions and and, and desires come up, and and, uh, we get frustrated with one another. And, uh, you know, I got to imagine... my wife probably gets frustrated with me on a daily basis, you know. Um, I'm kind of a comedian or try to be a comedian at home, so I'm always messing around and trying to be funny, you know. But I got to imagine there's probably moments where where I'm not so funny, which isn't very often because I'm pretty funny. But but probably just kind of frustrate her, you know. You know, the bond of of peace, the bond of of unity is kind of being severed a little bit because I want to be silly and funny. But I believe, and you can ask her this, but I believe because of who God is in her life, the love that she has for Jesus is reflective of the love and the way she loves me. And even in those moments of tension, even those hard moments that that we all wrestle with and we struggle with, you know what she does? She offers me this thing called grace. Did you guys ever hear the acronym for grace? You guys know that one? I'd write it down. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. See, we, we get something, not because we did something. We get something because Christ did it for us. And that's a beautiful thing. And it should be a reflection of how we view each other. That's how we should live. We should be reminded of grace on a daily basis. We should look to God's grace on a daily basis and we should offer it to each other on a daily basis. God's riches at Christ's expense. Well, the last thing here that we can grab from this as we seek and look to God's word, it actually comes out of Psalm 910. It sounds like a simple thing, but it's a tough thing. Again, patience and trust, I believe, goes hand in hand. The psalmist tells us here, he says, and those who know your name put put their trust in you For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. For those who know your name put their trust in you. To express patience, we have to trust God. Patience and trust, they go together. They go hand in hand. And if we don't trust in the fact that God's way is the best way, then we'll never be able to express the patience that is necessary to live in unity with one another. We'll just keep going our own way, doing our own thing, responding in our own way, acting and behaving in our own way. I think that the toughest part of understanding that that patience and trust kind of come together, I I think this is an area of my own life that I struggle with, is that, that if I do that, if I commit to that, if I commit to trusting God, then 
then I'll have to change. I'll have to be something different. And I think for for us as humans, change is very hard. It's hard for us to change. You know, we we go back to the old thing, well, that's just who I am. You know, that's just, you know, who I am. But if we trust God, we have to understand that God's going to change our hearts. He's going to move us and help us to become more like Jesus. He's going to sanctify us where we're at. He says, come as you are. He says, don't fix yourself and then come to me. He says, come to me and I'll fix you because I'm going to fix you the right way. When you fix yourself, which I've tried, it doesn't always work out so well. You know, I, I told you last week <clears throat> that, it, uh, that my wife and I, when we got married, we weren't equally yoked. And for the first seven years, God really taught me patience. You're supposed to laugh at that part. First seven years taught me patience. All right, bad joke, sorry. I tried. For the, in all seriousness, though, the first seven years, God, God taught me patience. And, and this is what he did. The first seven years of, of, of our marriage, we were not equally yoked, and we had tough moments in our marriage. We had many times where we butted heads and, and came to a point. I'd get up every Sunday, pretty much, and go to church. Um, for the first few years, I invited her. I said, hey, you coming? No, I'm not going. Next few years, I stopped. I didn't invite her anymore. And I, I came to find out afterwards, after the fact, after we kind of had to learn to communicate and really talk to each other, that, that when she would be left behind, is how she felt, um, that, that she was a little angry that I didn't invite her. But I realized in those seven years that, that I had to trust God. I had to be patient, knowing that God was in control. And my responsibility, which I do have a responsibility in this, was to, to let God and allow God to change me before I can expect him to change her. And really, that's what I wanted. I wanted God to change her. But I, I realized really quickly that if I didn't change, she wouldn't change. And we'd continue in our own path. We'd continue on our own way and probably eventually end up separate. You know, so every day, I prayed for my wife. Every day, I trusted God. And I'll tell you, it was hard. There was days when I wanted to give up and go my own way. And I got to imagine for her, there was days that she wanted to give up and say, you know, I'm done here. But when we waited patiently on the Lord, God's promises are faithful. And I want to remind you that if you're, you're at that point where you want to give up, where you don't feel like waiting any longer, don't give up. Be patient. Trust in God because he's faithful in all things. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 3. He says, because of all of this, for this reason, he says, I bow my knees before the Father. And listen to these words. I really want you to listen to these words carefully. He says, from whom every family, all of creation in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, that grace, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. See, patience is at the very heart of God's nature. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. So as we, as we close today, I just want to challenge you. If you aren't expressing the fruit of God's Spirit, if you're not expressing these attributes in your life, I want to challenge you to experience them first. Do you understand? I, I want to challenge you just to, to get on your knees and bow before God and say, God, I want to better understand the things that you have for me. God, I want to experience this love that you have for me. Because if we don't experience it, it's really hard to express it. See, God wants to be intimate with you. He wants to draw you near. And I tell you, if you take those steps, if you trust God in that, if you experience these things with God, you'll be able to express these things for God. And it'll honor God. It'll glorify Him. And it'll help others to see God because really the reality is you and I may be the only Jesus that some people see. We may be the only Jesus that they ever know. Remember Galatians 5.16 says, Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Live God's way. Express patience and trust that God is in control. His love will fill us and keep us in every moment. Let's pray together. Father, we, we, just, we thank you so much for the amazing privilege to bow before you, Father. Lord, as, as we go away from here, Father, I pray and I ask humbly and hopefully that each and every one of us would just humble ourselves before you. That not only would we bow on our knees, Father, but we would bow our hearts to you. That we would trust you And we would know that you are faithful in all things. And no matter where we are at right now, no matter what we're struggling with, no matter how impatient we are right now, Father, that you would help us to be patient. Help us to know that that you are patient with us. Father, we know that that our sin separates us from you. We know that, that sin is something that not only affects us, but it affects those that are around us. But we know that we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, who came and died and paid a price so that we can have forgiveness. Forgiveness of those sins. But that takes humility. Father, we humble our hearts before you and we ask that that you would forgive us of our sin. You would forgive us of the things that we desire that are not from you, not of you. 
Father, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would wash us and cleanse us of these sins, that you would redeem us and restore us, that we would bear the markings of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross so that we could all know you, so that we could all live in relationship with you, Father. Father, we need you. Father, I pray that this morning, as you're stirring the hearts of your people, as you're speaking into our lives, Father, that that we would be open to hear, open to listen. Father, that, that we would go away from here changed because of your spirit, because of who you are in our lives. Lord, that we would go away from here singing your praises, giving you glory, and that we would be anxious and earnestly sharing your love in unity and in the bond of peace. Father, I give you glory. I give you praise. Lord, we rejoice in you. Lord, as we sing this last song, let our words be a sweet sound unto you. Lord, let it be a reminder that you are God, that you are holy, and you are worthy of all of our praise. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.